From the creators of Relevant Magazine, yeah. it's the Relevant Podcast. See, you know, dudes complain about distribution, the game and the radio stations looping the same stupidness. But maybe they ain't playing too much music on much music, because there ain't much music out here with much to it. When the music plays, we ain't saying too much through it. We just add to the ads, we just do it. They get mad when they don't hate us, now they love Lewis. CK and David Chappelle, because the truth is, media speaking more truth than we in music. Like we traded mediums, now we the ones that act foolish. Plus we need to laugh, because people the stats see the facts. That murder in Ferguson ain't even half, so we see the laugh and we crying. And if it's that, then we dying, so we quiet now. Ain't a lot of rappers really trying. We going out without as much as a sound. Rest in peace, much music, rest in peace. It's a week of Friday, November 21st, 2014, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Stamps.com. With the holidays almost here, you don't have time to go to the post office, people. You know, the traffic, the, the parking, the old people. It'll be packed with everyone mailing holiday gifts and packages. So here's what you do. You, you use Stamps.com instead. Uh, with Stamps.com, you can avoid all the hassle of going to the post office during the busy holiday season. Everything you do there, you can do right from your desk. You can buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. You can print postage for any letter or package the instant you need it. And then the mailman picks it up and takes it away. Easy and convenient. Uh, we use Stamps.com here at the office. Yes. Eddie, you use Stamps.com <laughs> for your yeah, IJMing. Yeah. And, uh, That's great. The only thing that it's missing is the postal worker. But I just have one of my kids, when they're in a terrible mood, just come and take my package from me. And so it's all the same. <laughs> Hell, gotcha. Uh, right now, you can get this special offer when you use promo code RELEVANT at Stamps.com. You get a no-risk trial, and you get a $110 uh, bonus offer, which includes a free digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. Uh, just go to Stamps.com, and before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in RELEVANT. At stamps.com, enter relevant. There if you, you don't do that, it'll just cost you a lot more, but they'll cancel orders, and you can then type in relevant. Are you serious? Did you <laughs> yeah. do that? Oh, that's great. Well, I'm Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios, back after a week off, Eddie Big Cat Coffoltz. Missed you guys. Good to see you, Cam. Over there Missed on the, you. On the ones and twos. I love you, man. Our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And from the tundra of Chicago, <laughs> Illinois, author and speaker, Shana Nyquist. Good morning. Is it single digits? It is. <gasps> yeah. It's eight. Oh! Yeah. I thought we were going to be like on a level playing field today because it's like, it was like 45 yesterday and I was like, wow, Sean and I are going to like really relate on how cold it is. But eight, <laughs> eight is a whole different world. Nope. Yeah. 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 And, I, I, I have no point of reference for eight. Eight is like what, where my freezer, maybe. I don't, I don't even I don't know. Think, uh, I don't think I've ever been in eight ever. Eight is just instant anger. And oh, get yeah. outside and you just have like a, a spike of rage. And the worst part is she will not see anything but eight for the next six months. <gasps> we, on the other hand, <sighs> will go from 45 right. to 80 this weekend. Right. I'm wearing short sleeves and have like a light windbreaker in my bag should I need it. <laughs> but generally it's going to be up to like 70 today. Yeah. So I, yeah. Eight, Shauna. Shauna, can, can Shauna I have something to turn your mood around. It seemed like your spatchcocking tip from last week's Thanksgiving episode, in, in which you instructed people on a more efficient way to cook a turkey, was a huge hit. People were posting pictures of them actually doing it. 
I was so I was so happy to see that. I know. And I'm going to do it on uh, the, for our Thanksgiving because well we don't eat turkey, but the the carnivores do in our family, and I'm going to do it. You know what? I, I I only eat frozen meals, and I spatchcocked my frozen meal. Oh. And, it, <laughs> and instead of cooking in two and a half minutes, I got it done in a minute, a buck fifteen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, can I also say listening back to Just the show? Spatchcock that hot pocket. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's amazing. It's split it in half. <laughs> right. And that bowl just instant instantly yeah, it's, warm. It, the the, fro- the middle is no longer frozen, which is you know, which is kind of the fun of eating the hot pocket. The, the, I, I, uh, listening back to the show last week, you know, I wasn't on it, but it's like I get to hang out with my friends and listen to all the jokes and like you know I respond in real time and all that kind of stuff. Like I totally do that when I'm not on. Yeah, right. And I like and I don't want to miss the jokes and all. Then I like the show. But uh, when you guys started doing all the the innuendo, Hey-o. I was like, we're gonna get that little red e next to our podcast <laughs> name. You know, it's like we're gonna get in trouble. But I'm actually surprised no parents who listened to the car wrote in this week. I actually called ahead and I was like, listen, I really have to tell you, this is a legit thing that I really think people should do. Can I say this word? Um, I, can I say this? And they were like, well. Your, your yeah. integrity is still just like unquestionable. <laughs> we knew that it was a real thing when you said it, but then it was just, <laughs> it was the little callbacks all throughout the show. I was like, I'm glad I wasn't there because I would have just done it with you. All I'm, all I'm <laughs> saying is, Jesse is the one who introduced the word unsheathing. So... <laughs> <laughs> but, and we're back. But I was talking about in a wholesome way about carving with katana blades. You took it in a filthy direction. That's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, it was a fifth grade. Which, by the way, someone posted a picture of them spatchcocking with a sword. <laughs> like someone sent me a picture this morning of them, and it is a sword that has cut a turkey in half very haphazardly. It looked like one, like kind of well aimed swing, but kind of like he didn't really care. He just wanted to like, hack at the turkey. Like it's sort of down the middle, but it's sort of just like a guy blindly took a swing at a turkey with a sword. Jesse, you know when you do certain frozen meals, you have to you have to cut vents in the uh, in the plastic. Right. So maybe that's how I could use a yeah. katana blade to cut vents for my frozen meals. It would make that a lot more fun. Kind of a bummer. You know? <laughs> just wildly stab. In, just open your freezer door and start wildly stabbing. And then all of it's done at one time. I, I, you're, you're stabbing, venting, and spatchcocking in one swing. It's great. And we're back. Fifth, fifth grade clubhouse. <laughs> I had a cool thing happen this weekend. I was in Houston, and I met several podcast listeners, and they brought me presents. No. It was wonderful. Who was yes. One person brought me, we're in Houston, so, and she brought me a jar of candied jalapenos, which are delicious. Really? That sounds terrible. How, what, candied how? Are they sweet? Uh, they're like kind of sweetened. They're like hot, sour, sweet, really oh. good. Like almost like pickled jalapenos, but a little bit sweeter. Super uh, good. Interesting. And then someone brought me a mug that says good morning on oh, it. Oh, that's really that's sweet. sweet. Oh, that's funny. Aren't the, pot, aren't the listeners of the show so thoughtful? I just love it. You really are. Well, that that's actually a great foreshadowing for something that's coming up in a few minutes. Uh, but, you know, also Joy Egrich, who's not on the show this week, uh, you know, we, she's had health issues. Yeah. Yeah. She she broke bones. They won't mend. You know, she's seeing surgeons. And well, in fairness, a little bit of it is because she's using patchouli oil on her ankle or whatever. Right. But so so Joy uh, yeah. was like in going in to meet with foot doctors and ran in. To a podcast listener, an yeah. orthopedic resident. Right. Who listens to the podcast and then Joy, because she's Joy, takes it upon herself to just bring out her x ray. Her x rays and yeah. wanted a second opinion. Yeah, from take a, a look at this. You know, I'm just, I like all you people listening, but I'm not going to get a second opinion from you about yeah, yeah. my bones. 
you know, yeah. I don't. I just don't think that that's generally, generally, as a general consensus, yeah. I don't think people would know too much about it. But yeah. I think that, yeah, I think this person may have been a professional uh, so or professional enough for Joy. Joy literally texted me and said, "Could you give uh, Sweet Betsy, the orthopedic uh, in residency, a shout out?" One, even though I'm not on the show. So there you go, Betsy. Shout Joy, out. Is, Joy is thankful for your second opinion on her X-rays. Well, hey, we have a great show in store today. Coming up later, we are uh, talking to an awesome band who's actually spotlighting the magazine. Neon Trees is coming up later. And uh, we talked to author, speaker, and TV host Eric Metaxas. Oh. Uh, uh, He's the author of the Bonhoeffer book. Yes, yes, And uh, he has a new book out called Miracles. Yes. Um, What are they good for? No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Miracles, uh, what they are, why they happen, and how they can change your life. There you go. Such a good book. He is awesome. He is really funny. You know what his background is, too? Uh, stand-up comedy? Uh, not that far off. He wrote for VeggieTales. No. Yeah. He's like, he was like a Yale comedy writer, and he is super feisty. He, Re- he, yeah, go. He's also incredibly handsome. I, it, I, I mean that in the most objective way possible. You could not look at Eric Metaxas and say, yeah. he's not just a, uh, he could be a model. Okay. I mean, it's, a, it's like you have Anderson Cooper on, you know, the Silver Fox. He's in that ballpark no i'm glad you brought that up because i feel really? I, feel, I did not know this about he's him. like he's like an eddie bauer model he is i'm glad you brought that up jesse because i felt it's really distracting. shallow it's distracting well it's also a little it's a little jealous jealous provoking yeah. it brings out a little jealousy in me because it's like okay so you write the you write or you're a comedy writer right you're hilarious yeah. brilliant really funny then you write uh the bonhoeffer biography as well as many books before that that were phenomenal but the bonhoeffer biography which is arguably one of probably the best books of the last 10 years right. like pretty phenomenal right and you just are really handsome ravishing good looking it feels like it's just not fair you can't have it all yeah you know uh yes you can well, if you're named eric metaxas well he he does and i, I <laughs> the book is really great it's not as shallow as we're making him out to <laughs> eddie, eddie i'm gonna be honest i haven't read the book but okay. i will tell you this i can attest stunningly handsome <laughs> really good looking cover <laughs> like he could be he could be he could be like in if, if he was wearing a product in a catalog i'd probably buy that product <laughs> right just hoping that you'll end up looking like him by using or wearing this exactly product. i love being a part of this conversation because i feel like women talk about attractive women all the time yeah and men are usually like well i don't know i guess he had like two eyes and a nose like whatever I appreciate the fact that you're willing to say, like, oh, it's a, it's a handsome That's how man. handsome he is, because it doesn't just happen with standard handsome. It, it has to go to, like, this guy looks like he was Photoshopped in real life handsome. Right. Yeah. And he, like, wears cool glasses and has, like, that cool hair. He's like, like, you have cool hair. Like, that kind of hair that just does, like, that thing where it sticks up a little bit if you put stuff in it. It's not thinning. You, just... you know, anybody's hair will stick up if you put things in it. Just FYI. Not, not mine. It's all just kind of thin I, and fuzzy. I can put stuff in your hair to make it stick up. Well, oh, Christmas party, Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, but I will tell you this, Sean. Guys do it, but I, I think it's a little bit more like we don't notice. We're not like, oh, that guy's really ugly. Because if a guy's just really ugly, we're just kind of like, oh yeah, that's us. He looks yeah, like we're a all, man. We're all just kind of ugly. ugly <laughs> men are utilitarian. Of, yeah, he's just, They're kinda, just kind of jeeps. They're yeah. all like kind of jeeps. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, that's yeah. when then uh, Eric Metaxas pulls up next to you at the light, and uh, he's a Ferrari. Right, you're gonna notice a jeep pulls up next to you, you don't notice. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, I feel, I feel like the more natural thing for guys is when they walk around the room you know with with dudes they haven't met instead of like you know measuring their handsomeness or, or their attractiveness they're like if things went down right now 
could I take every dude in this room? Good question. Right. Good point. Right. I do. Th- I think men notice other stuff. I think they notice like, oh, he seems really successful, or he has like really nice, a really nice car, or this or that. But they don't. They don't tend to comment as much on on uh, men's appearance where women just do it constantly. Is that now? Is that a thing for real? W- women notice oh. the attractiveness of women. Oh. Yes. And talk about women, it? women notice everything about other women constantly a thousand percent of the time constantly can i ask you about that though uh, but like is it like what if it's like like you have a, a good heart and it's not like you're walking around judging other women so what does the noticing like for someone like you look like because you're not being catty what what is oh, that I, I mean it can even be entirely positive but it's like completely down to the actual like like do you see what's happening with her eyebrows they're magical also another thing i noticed about her cuticles she's just got like i don't even know what kind of plan she has going on right now and then i feel like her highlights she's doing like kind of a combo between like a balayage kind of thing it's really beautiful like yeah. it's not negative it's just detailed you know interesting so you're noticing yeah the things that the person did like almost like tips and tricks because you guys work on these beauty things. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I didn't point out anything actually natural. I no. pointed out like she's doing some really good work yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's good at that. You know, yeah, that's yeah. what. But that's really uh, true. We joke about that too. Like men, shower, haircut, you're done. Yeah. Women, it could be a full time job. Especially, I always notice it when I go to the south because yeah. southern women put take so. They take such good care of themselves in terms of like right. hair and makeup and little things. Midwestern girls, eh, it's not like our thing. Well, it's funny because so- Southern men are barely, barely hygienic by by san- sanitation. Standards. I think we've done enough for Southern, Southern men guys. Don't have all their teeth most of the time. Oh God! I'm saying that as a Southern. Do you want to just do the apology the now and then just get out of the way for next week? But but but, but we're but we're all Southern men. Okay, but here's here's the thing about <laughs> noticing other people. So you you're saying you you observe other women. You know, you're in line at a restaurant or something. You're observing and cataloging all the details and stuff like that. I I am always observing other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point that usually the person I'm with is uncomfortable that I'm staring at somebody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like because I'm like. I'm figuring out their whole story. Eyes up here, Cameron. Yeah, like I'm not observing what they're doing to their appearance. I am. I am making massive presumptions about them, their character, their backstory, Jeez. like <laughs> the <Okay>. whole thing. <laughs> it's solely based on what they look like no, in passing. No, or, or last night I was at Lion Chipotle and I realized I was doing it there. Like I sized up everybody based on how they were ordering, what they were ordering. Who they were with, like I could tell you who I wanted to hang out with and who I never wanted to see again in my life. I just, just wide sweeping assumptions about people based on. This is what I want to know about Chipotle, though, because I saw you post about this. Yeah. So, what would be the order if you just saw the person's order? Where you'd be like, I want to be friends with that person. No, no. Okay, so I mean, the things I was observing were things like almost like okay this person is obsessive compulsive this person is uber no not that many not that much corn okay so you know okay this person's like heap it all on you know okay well this person's probably letting themselves you know they don't really care about their health they're just crack everywhere (laughs) i'm like more sour cream more sour cream more sour cream like that you're like oh that lady had a bad day at that point karen just karen just assumes you have a drug problem then then there's the people who are asking for more than they should be asking for they're so cheap they're like oh if i can't okay can you give me more of that can i get mm-hmm. oh, and they but they toe the line they don't want the double meat 
They don't, you know, because you got to pay mm-hmm. for that. But give me more of everything that you won't charge me extra for. Okay, you're cheap. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get, you know, again, I'm just like observing all these people. People are weird. Like so much comes out while you're ordering Chipotle. But isn't that an interesting, like you and I, I think actually everybody on this show right now is like the the fine line that you have to walk between being judgmental and perceptive. Yeah. Because it's like you can't really turn that off. Right. So it's like how does that stuff filter into your heart and into your character? Because it's like. It, it, it was. I'd like to think I'm observing and not judging, but like I really am making some sweeping assumptions about this person right. and their character and what they're like in life and yeah. what kind of parent they might be. Yeah, that might be. A yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> how do I turn that off? I don't want to be judgy, but it's like I'm sitting there quietly in Chipotle just judging everybody around me. Well, here, here's what I would do: just just change it from judging their character to thinking if an old-fashioned saloon brawl just broke out right now. I wouldn't go down. That's what I do. Like I would slide that guy across the 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 ordering line on the on the Chipotle aisle. You know, I would be come out on top. I always think about that. I don't care about their character. And by the way, speaking of which, I have a trick to get extra meat. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. What P- is yes. it? Before we can pass this, <laughs> <laughs> because I always in I always get the, the same thing: a burrito bowl, double meat. But really, I'm getting triple meat. Here's how. Okay. So I go up and I and I say I want the chicken please and then they start putting it on. Here's where people make the mistake. When they order double meat, they, they, when they want the double meat, they just go up and say I'll have double meat. That's that's not the that's not what you do. You go up and say I'll have the chicken please. And once they start putting the first helping on, go, "Ah, can I get a little bit more?" And then after they put that little bit more on, they've given you a big generous portion and go, "You know what? Just make it double meat." And they're so frustrated by that. Oh. It's an extra huge helping. You're getting triple meat. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great tip that is a really excellent tip what would you do, what would you pursue about my character at that point cameron because i don't here's the thing don't say i'm cheap because i don't even know if triple no. meat's an option no 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 you're not you're not cheap because you're you're springing for the double you know what i'm saying oh, yeah. so you're not cheap you're crafty mm. crafty yeah yeah i'd say this guy's creative he's a problem solver he's a take charge kind of personality he's gonna he's a can-do spirit i like him let I'm going to sidle up next to this guy. <laughs> That's my new best friend. <laughs> yeah. That's all I needed to know about you. Yeah. It's weird. I've walked away from Chipotle meals with a, a lot of new friendships with complete strangers. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got it all figured out. That's what I'd say. This guy, he's oh, I, I I can learn some stuff from this guy. I saw something in line last night that I'd never seen before. And this has nothing to do with anything any deep observations, it's just something I'd never seen before. Okay. I saw, there was a, a an athletic woman who was probably 65. And okay. she was. What do you mean, athletic? With, Just like she was wearing workout clothes, and you know, looked like an athlete. You know, mm-hmm. she was probably six five, if not a little taller than that. Mm-hmm. Very tall person mm-hmm. with a in a couple relationship with a normal sized man. So not like the extremes where you have like the eight foot mm-hmm. tall guy and the five foot one girlfriend. It was like he was like five eleven, six foot. Right, and she was very much larger than him. Like she would stoop down to like give him a hug and stuff. And they were adults. I've never seen that before. What do you? What do I even do with this? Usually, tall women find tall men, <laughs> right? I'm confused about your last line. And they were adults, right? As if at the last minute you're going to tell us the man was a child. As opposed to she was also eight years old. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what, made, what made it weird? What made it really weird <laughs> is the woman was appeared to be a child, a six foot tall. Middle school student. It was bizarre. Never seen anything like it in my life. No, no. Hey, what I'm saying is, hey, middle school is exactly what I'm saying because the girls grow taller than the boys. And so they're both 12 
and they like each other, and the girl towers over the boy. So it's not unusual to see adolescents where the girl is taller than the boy. It's unusual to see full-grown adults where the girl is. Can I just say I don't think there's anything overtly politically incorrect about this conversation, but I do feel uncomfortable talking. Yeah, about there's it something time. on the edge, and I don't know what it is. Like we're walking a fine line. You would be in a relationship with someone taller than you, wouldn't you? I mean, how tall are you? What are you, like 6'2"? 5'11". You're nice size. So would you be in a relationship with someone that's like 6'3"? I don't know. I've never been confronted with that possibility. I d- no. would, you? would you? I mean, you're 6'2". What? Yeah, Brian's 5'1". Okay, I'm, right. I'm, so you're, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm nowhere close. 13 inches <laughs> taller than that woman. <laughs> but if Brianne was really tall, I'd still be into her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk about yeah, this. This, this, going whole, this sucks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so here's the thing. This is this is true because it it's probably plausible. Brienne next year grows <laughs> 17 inches. That, yeah, that that lady is still my sunshine. Yeah, I'm fine with okay, it. Good. Okay, okay, well, we settled that. That's all I needed to know. Thanks. It does it does happen. Wild radical growth spurts that are totally unexplained. I think have happened before in human stuff. So. Uh, I don't know if this is the craziest run, but I think it may be. It's got to make the top five, right? Of weirdest things we've ever talked I am, about. I am 90 percent sure this portion will not make it. Oh, no and way. the last thing we heard was oh yeah jesse saying i've i've got made many friends at chipotle <laughs> Although, hang on can we go back and talk about something that made it in last week what when Karen introduced me as large and in oh, charge, I, w- I gasped. Thank you for bringing I, that I back. I literally stopped and I was like, I'm going to let you do that one more time before I stop crying. And I assumed that that was code language for edit, edit, Nor- edit. Yeah, normally I like to take out the awkward pauses and tighten the show up, but that one was too perfect. You needed it for us, for right. the listener. Right. I needed a second to go like, what, what just God's happened? Green Earth? <laughs> Because one, you're not. But even if you were, like, there's just no scenario where it's like, hey. Even if you were six foot eight, Shauna. Yeah, even if you were six foot eight, noticeably large, and in charge of all of us. Yeah, be cheap with a double meat order at Chipotle. It's still not appropriate. You don't say that. But also, Shauna, I loved your response, which was like, I'm going to allow you right now. You don't even have to apologize later. I'm going to give you a reset in this moment because that was unacceptable. <laughs> that was large. And- Did you think about it or were you just no, talking? I don't premeditate it was, anything. It was just a thing you just, said. Just, just deep in your psyche. Funny, That's what you think about fun, me. Is that funny what little, just Funny little charge. colloquialisms. Just right. little, th- little pithy things come out of my mouth and I don't know. Yeah. I, f- I didn't feel bad because it's not true. I wasn't actually making a statement about your appearance nor character. Yeah, or your leadership ability. <laughs> yeah. You are neither large nor in charge. Yes. <laughs> you are certainly, certainly in you no way. You are definitely not in, in charge. charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If this makes you feel better, Cameron does not think that in any way, seriously, in all seriousness, yeah. Yeah. you are in charge. Yeah. yeah, we would say you're just, if it was a more accurate description, you'd be just average and a nice group member. <laughs> <laughs> medium and contributing yeah. okay. medium and contributing <laughs> that's it next week please introduce me as medium and contributing Just nice average size lady nice normal contribution thanks so much you are the Ford Taurus of my friends <laughs> I am actually crying tears right now. <laughs>
<laughs> well, okay, we need to, we need to move on, and I, I think so. and where you know before all that, uh, you guys were mentioning that you recently met some some podcasters who gave you gifts, and it, it just the timing is just so good because this week right now is the week of Thanksgiving and Black Friday. I can't believe it. In black, yeah. I mean, it's like so. We all have to like shift into consumerism mode, materialistic. <laughs> we just have to immediately. We have, no choice. we have no choice. And so, you know, Black Friday is a big deal because you can knock out a lot of your your uh, your your list in one day if you do it right. And so, we know a lot of you listeners are out there thinking about, you know, what. What what maybe I could get the podcast crew something for Christmas? A, a little buy, a little bogo actions happening. <laughs> a little bogo, a little thing. I can get some little knickknacks. I'll just send the podcast crew. I love and it. we thought, hey, listen, we want to help you as you all are out there thinking about your loved ones and people you want to surprise with mm-hmm. nice gifts. He, you know, we thought, well, then we might as well tell you some ideas if you were to be so generous as to want to send us Christmas presents. <laughs> so it's time for. I love that. What the relevant podcast crew wants you to buy them for Christmas. Wow. That is. Yes. That is. It's time for what the relevant podcast crew wants you to buy them for Christmas. That's a great one. Buy us for Christmas. So we thought we'd just give you guys a couple of ideas and maybe you get them for us. Maybe you get them for other people. But if you want to send to us, we wouldn't complain. Mm -hmm. So we just figured we'd go around the table and share a few of our wish list items. Eddie, uh, you can you can uh, kick it off. Well, this year, and I think any any of you listening could get me this. I don't know kind of what your budget is for me. Uh, I think this year I've been doing a lot more like trying to build my own things, and uh, <laughs> which, which just by saying that <laughs> means I can't really build stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've got all the tools I need, but I think I'd really like a, a miter saw. Do you know what this is? You know what this is. Yeah, you probably have, have one. I have a few you, of them. Why you I, don't, like I don't have any idea what this is. You have yeah. dozens. Okay, a miter saw... And this is just going to make for great podcasting. Super interesting. It's like I saw that um, it's uh, it, it's on its own base, and it, it's like the one that you pull straight down, but then also oh, yeah. you can t- tilt it at perfect angles. So when you're cutting nice, like, 45-degree angles, it stays, and it's just perfect for making. I'm not kidding. I have three of them. Do you want to borrow Why? one? Why do you have three? Different what? sizes. Like a 12-inch t- and 10-inch and, and a different inch. amperage? Yeah. I just like one. I think I just yeah. like one nice ten inch. This is this is me. Like I, I just oh, I want to. I might as well get three. I mean, so it's like I'd be glad this to you. bestow this one upon is you. Is really you, isn't yeah. it? Well, because we have projects here at the office, so one no, will be here, yeah. one at the house, <laughs> one that's maybe a little more portable. Right, take it with me in the magic when I travel. I magic do not closet. want to know someone who has a portable miter saw. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I'm never getting in a car with you if you have a miter saw in it. Yeah, so that's high on my list. I'm really into like I'm about to build, start building a couple record crates, like a record yeah. shelf yeah, for my sure. house. I like, like it. Yeah. There's things yeah. that I just want to be able to build, and this is kind of the the last. Piece in that. I've good sanders. I have all that good stuff. Miter saw. Miter saw. Shauna, any anything on your wish list? Um, I'm super into the um, where something comes every month. So, for uh, like example, nature box. Like, what? Like nature box. Yes, which we love. Actually, Absolutely. we totally love it. Um, uh, like Zingerman's Bakery in Ann Arbor, Michigan, famous for their breads. They have a bread of the month club. I would very much like that. Mm. Um, American Spoon Jam makes the most delicious jam, and they have a jam of the month club. That's like my favorite thing. So, so really, any of the month item. Any, any edible of the month. Oh, edible! Item. It has to be edible. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, I would like it to be edible. Yeah. I, I recently signed up for a, a vinyl uh, club. Yeah. And uh, it's called Vinyl Me Please, and every month they oh, they neat. send a 
an, an album that was kind of it's a limited edition. They work with the artist or the label to kind of create a special experience. They work with an artist oh, to create a cool. piece of art based on it. They have a mixologist do a, a cocktail based on it. So it, it, what their wow. their thing is is like we want you to thoughtfully consider this music. And so you're surprised by it, but they create an experience of how you should experience this. They write up a thing about it creating context and backstory so you can appreciate different aspects of the music huh. and it comes every month mine actually came yesterday it was another one another great one and it's like i love being surprised by stuff like that <laughs> that's know. really fun yeah that's yeah. cool that's yeah cool. that's good jesse do you have something for your on your wish list yeah i actually do you know uh <laughs> and i pictured that a lot of our reader listeners would probably be doing some shopping during black friday so I have some other tips that I'd like to throw out there, too, at some point. But uh, I will say that the things I put on my wish list, in case you don't have time to apply my tips, um, you know, I don't like to spend Black, Friday, Black Fridays in stores to go Christmas shopping for people if I don't have to. Right, right. I prefer to do them in strangers' homes. So a lot of my wish list comes from Craigslist and eBay. <laughs> 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 and I found a couple deals out there that uh, I'd kind of like people to take these people up on. The, the missed okay. connections por- portion of Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. Well, I handle those in my own time, but uh, these these ones are, are equally well. He, go, he goes and it's like to, to the guy at Chipotle who got the the triple meat, but only paid for double. <laughs> I salute you. I salute you. I would like will, to learn will more. Will you be my friend? I yeah. would like to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. I get the, those the, those flood the Virginia Beach misconnections regularly. <laughs> the triple meat guy. <laughs> uh, so this is a good deal. Um, uh, two dozen free goats. Um, and this person says, I have two dozen goats I need to get rid of. I had no idea raising goats would be this hard. These little jerks keep eating all my wife's flowers and climbing on our freaking cars. Nobody told me they were such good climbers. The first person to get rid of these stupid goats can get, rid- get these stupid goats out of here, can have them. It's free. It's a good deal. It's two dozen live animals. It's in Tallahassee, but uh, I think you kind of make up with the the road trip for the value of the goats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd kind of like my own little legion of goats. Or or a legion. A legion of goats, which would be disgusting. Uh, Well, here's here's one that uh, I kind of had my eye on for a while. I found it on eBay, and it is a life-size Napoleon Bonhart statue. It's six foot tall and will only set you back uh, $774. That's not bad for a six foot tall statue. Yeah. Uh, you have to ship it from the UK, so it's going to be significantly more to get it to me. Um, but I think it would be a nice addition to my home or the end of my driveway. Just Are you going to put it next to a six foot six statue of an athletic woman? It, it, exactly. And they're both going to have Chipotle in their hands. <laughs> they're both going to have just or Chipotle. Uh, this one... Uh, I, it caught my eye. It's a, it's a 2005 Xterra that's guaranteed to outlive you and your offspring. Um, thankfully, it has a pretty good description here. It says, this brood comes with things that us testosterone-fueled super action junkies need, like a 265-horsepower engine to outrun the cops, an automatic transmission in case you're being chased by Libyan terrorists and need to still shoot your machine gun out the window and drive at the same time, and it says it has saved my bacon more than once. I'm going to caution the listeners, though. Uh, the price on this bad boy is an incredibly low $12,900. And it will entertain reasonable offers. But when he says reasonable, I mean, don't walk up and tell me you'll give me $5,000 for it. Or else he describes a series of very graphic uh, martial arts moves that he'll perform on you. To sweeten the deal, he's throwing in a pair of MC Hammer pants. 
for the man with rippling thighs that can't fit into regular pants. Sounds good to me. $12,000. Hey, I wore MC Hammer pants on Halloween. Those mm-hmm. things are a revelation of comfort. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. I'm Would sure you consider great. lounging around the house in them? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How could they not? They're basically like not wearing pants. Oh, it's, it was it was a magical evening. Because that's what we're all going for. <laughs> when we talk about comfort, we basically are talking about something that makes it feel like we're not wearing clothes, but are wearing clothes. Uh, do you guys have any other things on your wish list, Eddie, other than I the do. miter saw? I do. Yeah. Um, I want socks, and I know that that's really unexciting, but I have decided I'm going to make a New Year's resolution this year, Yeah. and I don't normally do that. We'll probably talk about that in another show at another time. But I have to dress up a lot for work. You don't normally see that. But uh, but all I have is, like, you know, I wear black socks or blue socks. And, you know, I'm wearing my suit, my tie, and I'm all. But I decided, nope, I want to have fun socks on yep. all the time. Just really fun, awesome socks. And I'm not talking, like, goofy ones with, like, Homer Simpson all over them. But, like, I want some color and pizzazz. And I think that that's the right place to add it. A couple of years ago, I got into funky socks yeah. and ended up buying, like, 30 pairs. Yeah. And then I realized after that, I don't like wearing socks. And so oh, yeah. they're in like new condition if you'd like to borrow some. I really, can I just, I <laughs> guess, put them with the gently, gently I guess, use socks. I guess what I'd like is mostly just to be able to have like a supermarket sweep kind of scenario in your house. <laughs> just, <laughs> totally. just let me do 20 minutes running through with a basket and see what I can get. You'll never notice it. I'll have a boat hat hit on the back of my car. You'll have two other boats. What do you care? Miter solar, saws, golf clubs, everything. <laughs> but, I learned, but I had the same thought as you. It's like, I am going to get into fun socks that's gonna be my thing and then i just and so i did and i went all the way in <laughs> yeah and then i was like, like you know. i oh yeah i live in florida and i don't like wearing socks well i do like to wear socks and i like to wear socks with you know dress shoes and suits and things of that nature and i'm not talking like silly just like comfortable like the argyle that has like yeah. the lavender in it yeah. and like fun things like that and stripes yeah I, what, what we, people need to know about cameron is nothing is halfway right. it is 110 no no and then percent. and then he loses interest and moves on to something else <laughs> quickly quickly <laughs> Christmas to Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, right. you, know, you know what my current thing is right now? I have discovered sweatpants. They're great because I'm, like designer sweatpants designer are so in right now. I'm telling you, they're no awesome. Yeah. Like the new J. Crew catalog, like the guy's wearing sweatpants with like a suit coat and a beautiful top coat. Dude, I it's went, not just a guy, it's Eric Texas. I went to the store last night wearing these really cool HM sweatpants and a leather jacket. I felt <clears> so it was yeah. Yeah. I'm telling I'm, you, but but it's almost like hammer pants. It's like we're all wearing sweatpants. You know, for this is amazing. Just a half a second, I was super pumped up about this because I'm like, oh, I'm cool again. Hain, but it's nope. her way. Yeah, but yeah. I'm still rocking a pair of. I have the uh, Walmart uh, sweatpants. Nope. You know, with that's like a little different. The scrunchy top the and then the scrunchy on the yeah. ankle. Yep. Can't yeah. do it. No. Nope, that's yeah. a different thing. It's no. a different yeah, thing that, that are weirdly tight, like around the tight the thigh region. <laughs> I, I got a pair of sweatpants the other day that has zippers. Uh, oh, uh, nice like pocket, like zippered yeah. pockets. Yeah. 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 So you wore a leather jacket and sweatpants. Uh huh. And that, and that used to be only acceptable in bowling alleys. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> sweatpants is my new thing, and it's like it's almost like that's how I announce that I'm 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 home at the end of the workday. I shed the jeans, put on the sweatpants, yep. and kick and back for the night. Done for the night. I'm telling you, it's it's a good deal. Hmm. 
It is great. <laughs> so are sweatpants on your Christmas list? No, I I, I already bought, no he bought. I, I already you already bought, got into it. No. I already you, got all the ones at H and M. I'm good. Yeah, there's a crate, a full crate of them being delivered. 30, you signed up for a weekly sweatpant yeah. uh, company. Every week he'll get ten dozen pairs of sweatpants. <laughs> I, I want sweatpants of the month. I'm changing my order. Not bread. Not jam. I want sweatpants of, of the month. month. Really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me it comes with a a a themed cocktail. I'm telling you, Ooh. I, there are so many different types of sweatpants. I That's know. the beauty of this. The different thicknesses, the different mm-hmm. fabrics. Almost. It's like the new denim. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's the new denim. I've never been happier. This trend, it makes it's wonderful yes, for me because I'm, I'm a cozy person. So I yeah. like everything to be as comfortable as possible. This is what so I've learned. It's like you're, you're wearing a blanket. I mean, it's mm. that comfortable. Hmm. Precisely. Yes. Well. I just changed Eddie's life. Yeah, I'm cool again. I guess I'm gonna get sweatpants are sweatpants are back. I'm gonna start wearing them all the time now. Not like the George Costanza sweatpants. Oh, not the yeah, ones they like they can't have meatball stains on them. Ah, yeah, not <laughs> unemployed George sweatpants. Not, That's not, not cool. what we're talking once about. Once again, once again, yeah, I'm back. There's a cool. difference between fashionable like jogger sweatpants and giving up on life sweatpants. <laughs> it's a fine line right now, though. It's, and it's, it's a all thin, available. It's a thin fine line. <laughs> all right. Anything else on your wish list, Shauna? Other than your sweatpants of the month. <laughs> yes. Um, I want a little puffy vest, like a little Patagonia vest. I oh, think. yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have a vest, and I feel like I need one. Jesse, yeah. do you have anything else on your wish list? Uh, well, you know, I scanned a lot of Craigslist. Um, <laughs> here's, here's the thing you guys should know. There's a lot of weirdos out there. <laughs> I, I made some regrettable calls. So, you know, I, I'm thinking after that uh, of, you know, not adding uh, too much else to the wish list. Uh, although any type of pet that someone could think of, but that that's outside the norm in the exotic realm. I would be happy. And if they'd included a terrarium, that'd mm-hmm. be great too. Like a bearded dragon. I saw that at the pet store the other day. But here, here's, here's, I have the same problem Cameron does when it comes to exotic pets. I lose interest very quickly and they are freed. <laughs> They're out to the wild. Uh, my attention span usually lasts until it bites me, which usually that's within the first couple of days because I'm taunting it. So uh, I will caution with that as well. Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for what the relevant podcast crew wants you. So Jesse, it's Black Friday. This this episode is coming out on uh, the the week before Black Friday. So people are crafting strategies. They're thinking ahead. They're looking at the flyers. They're making plans. Um, I know Black Friday is a big day in your household. Uh, you're you've got it circled on the calendar for a long time, and I, I know that you have some really good tips. Uh, I thought maybe you could share a couple of your uh, survival guide tips with us for Black Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I have four quick tips to help you get whatever you want at Black Friday. People are camping out. That's what there's already people camping out. They have been for weeks to go in and get a, a, like a good deal on TV, uh, TV or something. With these tips, it will avert that. You will uh, uh, have made those people camping out look totally foolish. Uh, so the first is you're going to need this one requires a little bit of prep work. You're going to go need to inspect what uniform the employees of that store are wearing. Okay, so this one works particularly well at Best Buy. On Black Friday, you go in with a blue polo and khakis. Anything in the store is yours. You become an employee. Uh, a good idea. Okay. It's really smart. So, so you, you, have a, you have a name tag. I would also suggest making yourself comfortable in the break room for a little while. So even the other employees aren't asking any questions. I You're a, just there. Actually, I have a question. You can't impersonate an officer. I know that uh, by experience. But um, if, you were, a friend told me. if you were to just be a consumer walking around 
Target wearing a red shirt and khakis and you happen to procure a Target name tag, right. what would happen? I exactly. That's my point. These are victimless target, crimes. Yeah, yeah. Target prison, which is no big deal. <laughs> which, trust me, is not that bad. No, it's nicely appointed. See, I feel like I would not even need a, a red shirt or a blue shirt or whatever. People, everywhere I go, people think I work there. I have, like, the face that says, like, I could probably find that for you. You're large and in charge. God almighty, we're not <laughs> moving on with that. No, you're very welcoming. But pe- people are like, um, uh, we need more water. And right. I'm like, oh, okay, I am also dining at this <laughs> restaurant, but I could... I don't know. Constantly. Or like, hey, do you have this in the back? Right. Something like that. Everywhere. I mean, I, I, could, I could go look. We, they might have it back there. Yeah. <laughs> Since when did volunteering become a crime in this country? Bingo. Because worst case scenario, say, I'm volunteering here at Target. Right. I want to volunteer at REI. Show and, you and, how to set up a tent. Yeah. And, and I'm wearing the name tag so people can know that helpful volunteer's name. And that's where we're at. Right. right, I want to match what everybody else is doing. Yeah. I'm not going to wear a name tag that says like, be a weirdo. an IJM name tag inside yeah. of be, the Target. Not going to be weird. Just because well, they would... never ask for volunteers doesn't mean I can't volunteer there. So that's lesson one. All right, this right. name tag, volunteer, wear the uniform. All right. Uh, the second, it, so this second one, like let's say you may have some sort of ethical problem, even though I think we've explained that it's totally fine to do. Yeah, you, you may be more comfortable with this one. This one's <laughs> this one's simply find the weak. Okay, go into the store and find the weakest people in there and offer to carry heavy items for them. Mm, that's really Until you'd run to the cash register and pay for it yourself. <laughs> if you don't feel comfortable pretending to be an employee, what? just, I'll help you get that down. There you go. Uh, uh, caution tape and cones. Here's a good one. <laughs> oh, I like go, this one, yeah. You you just go in and, and go ahead and just mark off the aisle with the items you want. Uh, you don't need to explain why. If someone asks, just say there was a spill. Uh, fill your cart, and there you go. Good to go. Leave the caution tape and cones up in case you forgot something or want to come back. Uh, I'm assuming you all own caution tape and cones, so just use those. And my final tip, uh, this one's never failed me, uh, stink bombs. Mm-hmm. Lots of stink bombs but throughout I think, the store. But isn't there actual smoke that happens with a stink bomb? The ones that I've used are just little glass cylinders. Okay. There's no smoke. You just throw them. It, it, it's it's an unbearable smell. The problem is you're going to have to become very comfortable with the smell. So I have a whole room in my house that I've totally stink bomb out, and I just go sit in there for about 10 minutes a day so that I've learned to withstand it. There you go. All for Black Friday. Okay. So wait, I have a question. Really, do the three of you go shopping on Black Friday? No, never. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't even, like, not for all the money in the world. Not if they, I can't even imagine. Bree and I are completely done with Christmas already. Uh, that's what? That's insane. We do it all year. Because, like, we'll just think of something and be like, oh, that'd be fun to get my brother. We'll get him for... That sounds like a church thing. That I celebrate the birth of Christ all year long in your heart. Oh, no, we definitely don't do that. But I was just saying, like, like if we think of, like, we got my brother... Uh, well, he listens to the show, but we got him something, <laughs> and we thought about it. We're like, oh, it'd be really fun to get Jimmy. And then Brienne's awesome with this. She just hops on Amazon and orders it, and we got a little closet in our house, and it's all done. Did you know what I do, though? If I do that, I give it to that person later that day, for yeah. sure. I, oh, I yeah. cannot mm-hmm. hold on to a surprise. Yeah. No, not at all. Not a present. I will give, yeah, I would come from the mailbox and hand it to that person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll do it for uh, Jesse's Black Friday tips. It's time for entertainment releases. 
Music coming out on Tuesday, uh, November 25th. Elevation Worship is coming out with Wake Up the Wonder, which is streaming right now on yeah. the drop at our website. A week before you can buy it. Go listen to it. Go listen to it right now. It's actually great. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Copeland is coming out with Ixora. They're back. Copeland hasn't put out an album in quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So they're back. And uh, Dustin Kinsru is coming out with a Christmas EP. This is a very Christian release week. It is. Um, there are very, very few general market albums coming out the week of Thanksgiving. Movies coming out on Wednesday, November 26th. So this is the day before Thanksgiving. Right. Right. Hmm. Horrible Bosses 2. Jason Bateman, Charlie Day, Jason Sudeikis. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. The Whatever. first one was funny. It was off yeah. color, but, you know, I don't know. It doesn't seem like, yeah, I don't know where they're going to go from here, but. I don't know I'll if pop. it was begging for a sequel. Yeah, it was like, okay, just leave good enough alone. <laughs> well put. <laughs> yeah. But this is one where they, like, they own their own company now, and they are they need to raise half a million dollars cash, so they, it's, uh, they you know, it's silly. Uh, coming out on Friday, November 28th, so this is after Thanksgiving, uh, The Imitation Game, Benedict Cumberbatch and Kira Knightley. A bunch of British people on that one. You know, we, That's all happening now. We put that on the, sh- on the show last week, but apparently the date got changed on that because we mentioned that yeah. film last week. Yeah. Um, but it's actually coming out now the week after Thanksgiving. Do we know? Maybe they're trying to bury it a little bit? I don't know. Is it not- it's really weird. I just huh. saw uh, Cumberbatch was on Fallon last night or Monday night. And uh, he was talking about the film. It looks really good. Every time I hear his name, I just think of high school tuxedo cumber buns. <laughs> yes. I think you actually said cumber, cumber bunch last week on there the show. <laughs> Benedict cumber bunch. It, I, it's, it's teal. It's a teal cumber bun with a black, with yeah. a black tuxedo. It's a, yeah. it's a shame they didn't come back with the sweatpants, the cumberbund. <laughs> hey, we could bring you, the cumberbund back. Yeah, I've still, Christmas party. Yeah, I still got mine somewhere from you know my high school choir days. Do you really? Of course. What color is it? Teal. It's teal. <laughs> can, of can, I, can I ask a really serious question here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Really. <laughs> Usually, those weird accessories that come with like a tuxedo rental serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like suspenders. Obviously, they hold your pants up. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. A, a bow tie closes your collar. Cufflinks. Right. You know, keeps your your cuff sharp. What is the purpose of the cummerbund? It tucks in the fat gut. It's like an exoskeleton spanks kind of situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just cinch it up real <laughs> it's, tight. It's a fancy man spank. It pushes. It's like a girdle. It's a man girdle. It pushes mm-hmm. up. You know, the chest to give you the the V torso. Yeah. But wouldn't it just make more sense if you were to wear it under the shirt? Like, that's my thing. If that's the purpose, I could see it still coming with the tuxedo rental, but why is it on the outside of the dress shirt? That would be like renting an evening gown, and it has some sort of weird Spanx for to wear over it. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I don't think that's right. I, don't, I think there has to be another point to the cummerbund. I don't know. I just think it's a, a little accessory. Is it's it an extra fabric thing? It's a little highlight. It's like a it's like a necktie. What's the point of a necktie? It's just a little visual highlight. But the necktie is appropriate whether you're wearing a suit or a tuxedo or not. You're never going to see the cummerbund outside of a weird tuxedo unless you go see the Imitation Game and he he's starring with Kara Knightley. There you well maybe yeah there you go Benedict Cumberbund. Yeah, I'm really going to think about that though. Where did that come thing. from and why? Well, you know, Wikipedia is right in front of you. You could find out. Yeah, I didn't download internet on this thing. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't you sleuths look it up and, and report yeah, yeah, back to us later in the show <laughs> why we why we have cummerbunds. All right, well, that'll do it for entertainment releases and, uh, you know, our wish list ideas for you to buy us stuff for Christmas. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. And we're chasing down tomorrow. 
You're listening to Brooke Fraser with the song Kings and Queens from her incredible new oh album. Oh my goodness. I have not stopped listening to this album for the last week. Brutal Romantic, which was so good. which is also my gamer name on Xbox. <laughs> Brutal Romantic. You are the, the creepiest gamer on Xbox. <laughs> We're just saying something. It's just a bunch of twelve year olds and weird brutal romantic. Anyway. Slices. Uh, well, good news. I got to the bottom of this cummerbund mystery. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I, I have briefly and uh, pretty carelessly skimmed the Wikipedia <laughs> article before I spout what I'm about to as fact, which is my normal thing. Yeah. Um, and if you scoot down to the cummerbunds and scuba diving section, they have a point there. They're used as a buoyancy control device, and I guess they look kind of cool, so why not put them on tuxedos? Buoyancy control. There's no way that's right. <laughs> buoyancy control for your large gut, right? So you want to keep it buoyant and less, up. So you, or less buoyant. <laughs> so that, you weigh it down with a cover bond. That is just crazy I don't talk. think that's true. Well. And they have those folds in it. Is, are you supposed to put like little weights or anything? In, in the, like, what are you supposed to put in the folds? It's like it catches crumbs. Maybe that's what it's for. Maybe folds, it's for catching crumbs. I think the folds go down, though. Do because let down? me ask you this. When's the last time you wore a, a tuxedo and weren't eating a fancy meal that, and you didn't want to get crumbs everywhere? Mm. But then why wouldn't it be, it be up like a bib? Like, that's a long way to go. <laughs> right. crumbs. I think it's a holdover from, like, it used to be, like, we used to wear armor, and then it's just kind of like a... Uh, here's, here's my theory. Give it to me. You see the old-timey cartoons, and they're wearing the, the tuxedos, like the conductor, and the, and the shirt is actually like a white bib, and it like mm-hmm. rolls up or flips up. Oh, yeah, that's right. So maybe comically. the cummerbund... Yeah, comically. So maybe the cummerbund was a thing to hold that thing down. Oh, now there's know? something. You know? Because maybe they wore just an undershirt, they put like a white front bib thing, cummerbund, holds it down on the bottom. Oh, no, that's interesting. That's my theory. Hmm. All right, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? We learned something today, didn't we? <laughs> I don't think we did. I don't think we learned so anything much. at all. One of those moments yeah. where we pull what just, we knew. I based it all off old-timey cartoons. Yeah. Black and white conductors. It, it was the all. best information we had between all of us. And I, I'll I, think, this. I think it moved the ball forward. It made a lot more sense than whoever hacked the Wikipedia page and wrote something about scuba diving. Because, <laughs> you know. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, so um, speaking of cool Christmas gift ideas, uh, Pope Francis has figured out a way to get people in the Christmas spirit uh, as well as do something uh, cool for the poor. Uh, he is selling raffle tickets right now, and they, they put on, they're going to be on sale through January 8th. So they're putting these raffle tickets on sale during Christmas season. Uh, they cost about 13 bucks, And what you get is if you pull the winning ticket is actual Pope Francis memorabilia. Uh, part of his sort of M.O. is that he's not a very opulent guy. But I guess when you're a Pope, people give you weird, crazy gifts from around the world. Uh, so if you so basically uh, there are people that have given one of them is a is a custom four by four Fiat. The Pope edition, one and only that you can win in this uh, uh, raffle. You can also win clothes that people have given the Pope. You can give someone gave the Pope a tandem bicycle. My question is, when they gave the Pope the tandem bicycle, when were they uh, expecting that he was going to be using that, and who would be his passenger on a tandem bike ride through the Vatican? Well, he seems like he would ride a bike around. He's pretty, uh, pretty hip. I would be worried about the robes, though. I feel like you'd have to tuck them up in your socks or something. But I think that person thinks if I give him a tandem bike, he will invite me to go on a tandem bike ride. That's what I think. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> so some dignitary wanted to hang out with the Pope more, so he gave them the ta- he gave him the, the tandem bicycle. That's what I think. Yeah, 
It seems right. It's, it's pretty logical. Uh, you can also win. Someone gave him uh, like an $800 coffee maker, as if the Pope makes his own coffee. Uh, uh, <laughs> a Panama, like a Panama Jack style hat that if you were to go on safari, you would have the Pope's own hat. Uh, briefcases, wallets, all, co- all sorts of cool stuff that actually belong to Pope Francis. You can actually win if you buy one of these $13 raffle tickets. It's, a, it's certainly a one-of-a-kind Christmas present. Man, they're going to sell a bazillion of these. That's got to yeah. be – that's really interesting. All the proceeds uh, go to help the poor. So uh, y- y- this is this is a, 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 a raffle that you don't have to feel bad about. Wouldn't it be gambling. great if they didn't – if the Pope was just like, no, they go – I mean, it's it goes to me. It's my, it's my money. stuff, right? It's my tandem bike. Yeah, it's basically- who, who seriously bought me a Panama Jack hat? Yeah, I don't want that. And I don't have time to Craigslist, so I'll just do a raffle with the planet and uh, see who wins it. Have you ever sold someone on Craigslist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, many times. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you have to like know. you have to meet weirdos. Yeah, but you meet them in very, very like public places like Starbucks. or. <laughs> For you guys that have sold things on Craigslist, have you ever had the experience go positively? Yeah, it's always been Oh, I do, positive. because I'm very blunt on the, uh, too. On the ad. Like... Uh, you know, cash only. Yeah. They always do those kinds of things and exact change. My favorite thing was I, I I sold a keyboard one time, like a 61 key keyboard USB. I and still this love person, that thing. And this person emailed me about it and said, would you be willing to trade for a John Deere tractor? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I was like, uh, when can we meet? Like actually 100%. Like, and that, and that, then that tractor is what you ride to work every day. Every day. Yeah. It was a, very cold this morning. Such a great trade. Win, Takes win. Me. And he is just at home making the sickest beats right now. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wins. That, it's a, yeah, we should post something and just put no price. Just put interesting trades accepted. Dude, that yeah, would yeah. be hilarious. To yeah, see yeah, what just we see, what, <laughs> see what happens. See what people, yeah, we'll offer. We have a couple of sofas from the old studio that yeah. we're trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can put them on there and just say interesting, interesting trades, trades consider. only. Yeah, only. 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 And we, we and we won't. We are not interested in your money. And we're not going to ship, and you got to pick it up. We're right. not even going to help you load it into your truck. Well, maybe we'll help with that, but we're right. not shipping it. But just make yeah. it really clear, and then see what happens. Yeah. And also, you're going to be on a podcast, so I hope that feels yeah. good to you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. Email trade ideas to joyagrits at gmail.com. Yeah. And if, <laughs> if you'd like it, yes, we would like a live tiger. Please, inclu- in exchange please include a picture. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should sign Joy up for random, like, cat newsletters and stuff. I totally agree. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I, yeah. And I have a friend that, uh, have I told that story about the cat newsletters? Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love it's, it. It's a, it's a, it's a weird satisfaction, a weird solo satisfaction because you don't tell them you ever did it. No, no. You just about every 6 months re-sign them up for cat newsletters and just <laughs> it's your own joke. And then you and just then laugh the, yourself to sleep at night. The real magic moment is just when you're just hanging out, you know, and you're just like playing racquetball or eating lunch or something. And they're like, oh, "I've been so annoyed lately. I keep getting these cat newsletters." And then you just get to sit there and just go, "Man, that's crazy, right?" Crazy, but it's just like deep down inside. Yeah, maybe there's a website you went to. Yeah, well, you shouldn't go to those sites, man. Yeah. <coughs> right. Um, all right. What do you have, Shauna? Okay, so uh, holiday season, lots of parties, lots of uh, opportunities, maybe to hit the dance floor. <laughs> New what? research <laughs> says. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of holiday? Well, yeah, you're right. Okay, like New Year's Eve party, right? big shindig. Absolutely. I don't dance around the holidays. You don't? Don't you go? No. Really. Who dances around Thanksgiving and Christmas? I'm coming to your house this weekend, and you better be certain I'm dancing. Who dances, though? Christmas parties. You dance at Christmas parties. No? Are yeah. we not dancing at our Christmas party? What? New Year's Eve? You always dance on New Year's Eve. 
No, no, no you definitely dance on New Year's but, Eve. But this may be just me. You do dance I don't, on New Year's Eve. I don't want to wreck the uh, premise of your slice because I maybe I just don't dance. I think you dance different in different ways. Like Christmas time dancing is more slow dancing. You know, you put on like some romantic Christmas music, mm-hmm. and then New Year's Eve you kind of well, break well, it well, out. Well, like like <laughs> put on the fire. Yeah, dim the mine's lights. more yeah, like yeah. My baby all for Christmas is you mistletoe yeah. everywhere. A little I boys do. to men Christmas album mm, softly playing. Hey, that's an even nice voice. Everyone that comes to Chad's house at Christmas time is super creeped out. <laughs> yeah, Ch- Chad's like sauntering around yeah. in a robe. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, look, we stepped under the mistletoe again. Is it all weird throws, that I promoted my party on Craigslist? All he throws is a boys to men '90s R&B <laughs> Christmas party. Toga party. That's yes. it. So this is going to be perfect. <laughs> yes. This is going to be perfect for them. So some people feel self-conscious that they might be just bad dancers or that they're a little bit awkward. They don't have good rhythm. For some people, it may have a biological explanation. It's called, it's an actual condition called beat deafness. And it's a sensory deficit similar to being tone deaf or colorblind. So some, some people are just bad dancers. But some people actually have this. My high school rap group uh, was called Beat Deafness, but it was D-E-F. And it was <laughs> so dope. That's pretty yeah. awesome. And I was wearing that's hammer that's... pants. I wore hammer pants and a uh, ball, leather eight ball jacket. That's so... my Xbox Live name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have said that for my Christmas list. Be, okay, Beat Deafness. They're saying this is a real thing. It's a real thing. And, a... and the way you test it is they, they ask oh. people to tap in time with a metronome. Okay. And they can do it as long as it's consistent. But when it starts speeding up and slowing down, you time how long it takes them to respond to the new tempo. And most people can can kind of their brain can like reshuffle fairly quickly, but some people cannot find the new rhythm, and they have been diagnosed with beat deafness. That wow, that's crazy. Is there any treatment? <laughs> no, it's a pretty recent study, so I don't know that there's any treatment involved. The best part about the story, though, is that now that they've published the study, overwhelmingly, uh, people who come in think they have it. And they don't. They're, and the study says a few can blame biology. The rest are just awkward. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally have that. That's why I can't dance. And they go in and they do the metronome thing. And the people are like, sorry, you're fine. You just can't dance. I got a fever. I got a fever. <laughs> More cowbell. The only cure. You have a prescription. More, More cowbell. cowbell. Yeah. See, yeah, because I'm an awkward dancer because, but that's Are more, you a tiny dancer? Oh, hold me closer. Um, But that's more like, like, but for me, the dancing is like, so I have one and then two, like one, two, three, four. And I have from the space between one and two to get from like one leg to the other or whatever. I just can't Uh make that motion quick enough. Okay. Like I just don't have that kind of, my body does not really move that fluidly. You can just keep it in the pocket and just do a little, uh, hold some rock steady, just a little back and forth. That's all you got to do. Just a little, I mean, you don't need to, you don't need to like get all flashy. Just yeah. hold it down. You're on the edge of the dance floor, but you're you're participating. Most of my it dance, not, my I, best dancing happens with scarves, and it, like in a <laughs> context of a church service, I'll do like interpretive dance to like Tomlin's music, with, like and flags stuff. and stuff. Sure, yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. Gold, yeah, golden uh, strips of fabric and things. <laughs> Jesse and I have both been to the churches where that is the norm. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like I, walking in the back. You know, you walk in the back of the sanctuary, and the and the, the flags and the streamers are lined up, so you can pick one up as you go to your seat. Like, oh boy, here we go. No, no, no. You mean you can pick one up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, it's oh, not yeah. even like they crowd have a- participation because you got the people who are going to be down in the front and be a little showy. 
They're, they're not going to bring it from home. Sometimes they do. But the crowd, after a while, the church just gives in and just supplies them. So you can just pick one up. Can I ask an honest question? It's going to sound like I'm being snarky, but I'm really not. Okay. Does, yeah. does that... Do people engage in worship better with like that kind of dancing? And Some stuff? people, I mean, you can tell it's genuine. Some people, you can tell it's look at me and how spiritual I am. That's well, I guess that's probably like anything we do. Yeah, <laughs> right. It is. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, in any church context, there's gonna be people who want who are genuine in their expression, whatever it is, and some people who it's contrived. And unfortunately, the contrived ones are the ones who you remember, you know. But I mean, I've seen it where it's like, yeah, I'm dance like David danced and talking about the Psalms and just joy before the Lord. And it is a way that they express worship to the Lord. And yeah, but they're not trying to like shine the spotlight on themselves. Does it seem like that's faded out a little? Oh, I way seen faded out. Church. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a very much a 90s thing. Yeah. Like if you brought flags to your church. When Don <laughs> Moen, when Don Moen's music started to fade away, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the flags started, started to fade to away. Yeah, right. it was that era. Well, worship. Okay, uh, I love these studies. I feel like there are so many studies now on millennials, and all the conversation is millennials are doing this and are not doing this. But this is one I found super interesting because personally, I've been kind of wrestling with this a lot. Um, the the study was eight hundred and forty three young adults, ages eighteen to twenty nine. Um, by a, a kind of a conglomeration of research firms, um, they said that sixty. They found that sixty-seven percent uh, of millennials uh, decided uh, or chose the word "classic" to describe their ideal church. By contrast, thirty-three uh, percent prefer a trendy church as their ideal. And then they kind of dug into what does "classic" and "trendy" mean, and. They were really talking about how the search for authenticity translates into more of the look and sound that millennials seem to prefer because they say that millennials are a very visual group. Uh, And so they say that if they go into a church and it's just kind of a box with no anything, nothing ornate, nothing beautiful, it's just kind of a theater experience, um, they don't have kind of a sense of what's going on and they don't feel the same – uh, connection there. Um, and they said uh, additionally that 78% of this age group, the millennial respondents, selected a quiet church um, over a loud church, which is funny because we're describing literally the opposite of the church we go to. <laughs> like it could not be. Um, and that 60% of the respondents still preferred uh, the descriptor um, modern over traditional for their ideal church. And 64% chose casual over dignified. And 56% um, uh, selected. Uh, performance over ritual. And so there was uh, – it was a really interesting study because I find myself being drawn more and more towards highly liturgical, um, both disciplines personally and corporately. Um, and it made sense for me because it, because these kinds of church settings also – like I'll go to mass sometimes at the Catholic church by us just because I want to be steeped in that and in that place mm. and in that room. Um and they're saying millennials are wanting the space, but not necessarily as much by this study. Not as many want the the ritual and the liturgy. Uh, but I thought it was really interesting, and I know we all go to churches that have uh, – well, not – I actually don't know, Jesse, what your church is like, but generally churches that would fall more into the large performance hall that we create into the church. Um, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I think it's what's so interesting is I felt like I wanted to know how each of those terms is defined because I feel like isn't the nature of it that's what's traditional to one of us is modern to another Mm -hmm. is – you know what I mean? Like especially – 
if you consider, uh, you know, like the only church I've ever been to, mm-hmm. it, the only church I've ever attended for a long period of time is a large, what they would call modern. But if you grew up there at a certain point, that's your tradition, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what you think is a traditional yeah. church. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. I just want to understand more about, you know, like our, the age, you know, basically the only like millennials I'm around at this point are like my babysitters, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> what equals traditional to them? What equals modern? I, I wonder what those terms mean. Well, the, the article said that they, they took this data out for a field test where they took uh, a bunch of different groups of millennials and they visited a downtown cathedral, a suburban mega church, a city park and a coffee shop. And they were asked to react to those four spaces. Um, and the researcher said that many of the millennials, uh, when we asked them point blank where they would go to church, they said probably at the suburban mega church, but they didn't have the same kind of appreciation for the mega churches as they did, uh, from the cathedrals. They didn't walk in and have the same sense of awe. So they would still choose the, the typical suburban mega church, but they want the space of the cathedral and they prefer that. I think, I think we're, that helps. I think people are drawn to, the thing that isn't familiar, right? I mean, you're, mm-hmm. I mean, like I lived in Florida my whole life. I love the cold, you know, like I yeah. love the Pacific Northwest yeah. and, and I don't know that I would actually want to live in the Pacific Northwest my entire life. I, I realize after I go to somewhere cold for a week, I am glad that I'm coming back to 68 degrees in the winter, you know, but like, I, I'm wondering if it's that, like that allure of the grass is greener on the other side, the allure yeah. of something new or different than my own experience. It stretches us, you know, I'm just curious I, it, yeah. it feels like a it feels like an odd study, you know, to make actual conclusions about a generation. Yeah, I think it is purely a study on the space. Yeah, yeah I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. it's a study Sti- necessarily. That church style, it's yeah, right. It is yeah. what kind of architecture do you want right. in the room that you are in? And I'm probably laying over too much on it because I feel myself moving uh, away from or stylistically more towards a much more traditional. Uh, kind of service, kind of worship um, time. But this this study really is just talking about the room. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I do think, and not, not to make a broad sweeping statement, but I think there is something like counterintuitive about the way that a lot of people assume things about what millennials like and value that it's not necessarily the the most flat the flashiest or, or or the most technologically advanced. I do think that millennials do value things that, and again, not to sound too broad and sweeping, but have some sense of authenticity behind it. And maybe that's behind why they like a traditional space because it feels real and it feels like something that's been around for a long time and that isn't built just to appeal to them. That it transcends what is trendy, and I also feel like I, I I get to visit a lot of churches now, and you can feel you can feel that you can just feel, and I'm not talking about the character of the person or the authenticity of the pastor, but generally like how they're expressing worship. It's like they've found something that works at another church. Like I was at a church uh, uh, recently, and they had the same. Uh, well, and I had been to Passion City a few weeks before. They had the same countdown opening thing that Passion City uses. It was mm. done for a different city, but it was all exactly – it's like they had went to a Passion City service. They went to a Passion City service said, this works. We'll take this and do this. And it felt and like – it works for Passion City. 
It does, and it, pro- it probably works for other people right. trying to do oh, an yeah. imitation. It's, but it's right. like in this yeah. space, it felt like it was like, who are you? Right. What would be your honest expression of your church and these people that are here at this time? But I don't know. Maybe that's too simple. What, 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 no, it's not simple. because a lot I mean, of people. I mean, Willow Creek. I mean, they set the tone for American churches. Like, there's something. Two following wisdom. Yeah, that's true. I mean, best practices and stuff. And if, if it works there, we can learn from it. But I mean, there's something about the fact that, like, you know, when Hillsong writes worship songs, it is an outgrowth of the expression of what God's doing in that community, in that church. And then when all these other churches just sing their songs and they don't, like, kind of yeah. come up with their own, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm, I'm just like, it feels like it's lacking something. Like, what is God trying to do that's original and unique to this community? And I'm not saying you can't have to only sing original songs at all. But, uh, you know, I'm saying like, but what is God doing in this community that's unique? And can we have an expression of that in the service that's, this is ours? You know, of course, yeah, you're inspired by other things and you're, menace, you know, you're impacted by other things too. And good ideas are good ideas. But it's almost like, what is God doing here? And, mm. and like making sure that we're true to that, you know, mm. maybe it's less cool, less sexy, but it's at least it's us. Yeah, I, I totally I think- agree. I feel like, again, getting to travel a little bit. Uh, I love seeing how regional differences like a, a church in Seattle should feel really different than a church in suburban Chicago should feel really different than a church in Orlando because they're different parts of the country with different historical backgrounds, with different political contexts. Like, I like it when you go to a church and you feel a sense of location. Totally, This could only happen in Houston because of this city and this time. And so certainly I think, you know, there are best practices and we talk about that stuff a lot at our church, but um, I love it when you can get a sense of it's these people that have created something and it's, it's authentic to this location and people group. And when you go to a, a church in LA, it should, you know, and it's cool. It is just a reflection of that community and the people who are part of that church and their style. If you were to try and replicate that style or that aesthetic in Des Moines, it's going to feel insincere and it's going to feel like you're trying to be something you're not. You're trying yeah. to be that church in LA. But, and that doesn't make the church in LA like anything wrong. Like it's an authentic expression of what God's doing in that community there, that mm-hmm. style. So to me, it's just like we need to stop like chasing other people and just like say, okay, what is God birthing here? And just be true to that. Going back to your slice, including in the architecture. Right. If the point of the service is about Jesus, then you don't need it to be all about like edgy wood walls and funky lighting and lasers, you know? Right. Like, you don't need that stuff. And what it, then why are you doing it? Like literally your community needs to answer the question, why? Why is this necessary for what God's trying to do through this ministry? And if it's necessary, then be true to it. Yeah. And if it's not, then you're trying to be something insincere, then yeah. stop. It's like to what end and to, for what reason are we trying so hard to build this brand? Right. I also think that it's on a really fundamental level, like – God is clearly in art, and there is a real art and beauty to great architecture. And I, we, mm-hmm. we, we do kind of miss that a little bit when we're in a basically a big black box with a lighting grid, you know. And it's powerful in its own way. But I mean, there you you cannot walk into some of the great cathedrals in Europe and not just breathe in something that you can tell mm-hmm. is beautiful, and also you can hear the voices of people singing hymns over generations steeped into the pews. Like, there's something really mystical and beautiful about that, that, that I do think we kind of, like, it's not lost, like, oh, this is generations messed it all up, but, like, is refreshing and nice to nice to be in. Yeah. I and agree. Alright, well, that's it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Neon Trees.
Listening to Milo Green. The song is Lie to Me. It's his new single. This week's Spotlight segment is brought to you by, oh, they're back, Nature Box. Not only are they back, but they are being eaten. With snacks you can feel good about, Nature Box <laughs> is a subscription service that offers the ability to discover and enjoy delicious and nutritious snacks on a monthly basis. Rather than picking up something while grocery shopping, have your smart snacks conveniently sent right to your door at home or to your office. Uh, we just got a new box in. These guys have been try- trying to quietly eat while we've been recording. And it's I haven't. Been, I just been stop doing that. It's gross. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, okay, so the, uh, <laughs> pumpkin love- spice nom noms. We got those here. Yes. Uh, sweet blueberry. Which, almonds. I know we goofed on pumpkin spice stuff, but we have torn through that bag, and they are yeah, they're good. Really good. Uh, garlic mm. plantains, sriracha roasted cashews, mm. uh, Parmesan garlic pop pops. Pop pop gets a treat. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, I'm literally looking at the bags in front of us that these guys have been. Plowing They're through. so good, man. Yeah. They're so good. Savory or sweet, anything you want. They're all snacks you can feel good about. Join NatureBox today and get a free sample box of some of their most loved snacks. Just go to naturebox.com slash relevant to start your free trial. Uh, the free trial includes four sampler snacks, a full-size snack, and just two bucks to ship it. It's time to get snacks you feel good about. Naturebox.com slash relevant. Neon Trees makes flashy dance rock that also serves as excellent car radio pop. They released three full-length albums, including their latest Pop Psychology, which came out last spring. The album's an upbeat collection of sleek, modern, alternative pop songs powered by singer-songwriter Tyler Glenn's bright melodies, huge choruses, and witty lyrics about the challenges of finding love in the digital age. Brutal romantic. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to them. Here is Neon Trees. I guess it's love in the 21st century It's been out for a little while now, but Pop Psychology, from the album that you first envisioned when you started working on it to what actually you, what you ended up with, uh, how close is it or how different is it from your original idea? I would say it's extremely different. I thought I was going to make a really dark record, but I, I think by the time I ended up you know, finalizing the songs and then we ended up recording it as a band, I think... I was in a better place, and I think the band was really refreshed. So I think what came across was more of a um, celebratory sound than really like a, a dark sound. I mean, there's still stuff that I talk about on the record that has serious nature, but I think um, overall it's a lot more um, clean and bright and energetic than, than maybe I thought. All my friends, they're different people. Trouble. Yeah, this is trouble. I said, ooh, ooh, 
talk about some pretty serious stuff, but it comes across, I mean, you guys sound pretty, I don't know about cheerful, but at least optimistic. You almost don't even notice that you're singing about some, I don't know about sad, but but definitely like some pretty heavy stuff on the record. I think I'm, I'm a naturally, I naturally go to feeling sad. I mean, I've always been that way, but I think, you know, I just, not to, not to get too in depth, but I, I did a lot of soul searching and talked to a therapist for a, quite a while. I still, I still do call her every now and then, but I don't know. I think I've been able to like, even though I'll naturally still want to go to a darker, sadder um, point of view, I think I still, I've learned to, to, to go to the light a lot easier um, these days. So. I love you. you think it helps to write about sad stuff is it therapeutic yeah and it's a lot more fun to play live i think because i get to relive it and then i think there's a lot of people that need to hear they they need to hear something more than just like this song's up in the club and it's loud and we're young and we're gonna die young and we're gonna live (laughs) while we're alive and I, i that stuff is is all nice but i think I think sometimes it's nice to hear catchy music that still has like a bite to it. So, so text me in the morning, tell me you still love me. I don't believe a single word. You tell me it's insane. What do you think is people's, as you've gotten a little more attention, what do you think is people's biggest misconception about your band? Sometimes I think it's by our own doing, perhaps we're more of a pop band to people than we actually are, but we're self-proclaimed that way. I think from the get-go, we've always said we're not afraid of the word pop or or sounding uh, catchy, but at the same time, to us, it's never meant like throwaway or you know, without any sort of integrity. So sometimes I think people are really surprised when they come see our show, the type of band we are. Would that be something you'd like to correct sometime by making an album that's a little less poppy or, or a little bit more, I don't know, rock and roll? I read you used to, you see, saw yourself as more of like a, I read you started, you saw yourself as sort of a new wave band and I feel like you guys are kind of are a new wave band. Well, I think we started a lot more like a, it was almost, um, I hate to get like specific genres, but like, uh, it was a lot more um, electric clash, like a little more like The Faint and Lady Tron when we first started. So there was more of like that dark, darker sound. But I, I would hate to like, well, I really don't pay attention too much, but I could see making a, an aggressive record next or something and then people would, it would come across as we're trying to prove something. So I think as long as we're doing something naturally and organic, I guess, then um, no matter what, someone's going to have an opinion, but... As long as we're into it, I think it's gonna be cool. That was Neon Trees. You can check him out on Twitter at Neon Trees. 
You're listening to Steve Taylor and the Perfect Foil. The song is Goliath from the new album Goliath. Just streaming right now on the drop. Go check it out. At relevantmagazine.com. Really we, put, we put up five albums last week. Wow. All, all free, folks. Go check out the drop. A lot of storage. It's good stuff. Yeah, a lot of extra server space. <laughs> just gotta be what's just burning through the bandwidth. 80 meg. Hey, this is what these sponsors are paying for. It's our bandwidth. All, nice. all kind of megs pumping through those Meg's servers. Doing, you guys got telephone wires <laughs> all through that thing. Giga, giga megs all surgeon. So <laughs> you go check them out. <laughs> the la- yeah, that last Goliath one is a terabyte. <laughs> Flack lawless. <laughs> Eric Metaxas is an author, speaker, and TV host. In a decidedly eclectic career, Eric has written for Veggie Tales, Chuck Colson, and the New York Times. Three books not ordinarily found in the same sentence. Uh, he's he's the best-selling author whose biographies, children's books, and works of popular apologetics have been translated into dozens of languages. His book, Bonhoeffer, Pastor, Martyr, Prophet, and Spy, is a New York Times number one bestseller. It's sold more than 700,000 copies and has been translated into 17 languages. It was recently ranked number 21 on the Amazon.com listing of most highlighted books of all time. No way. Yeah. His new book is called Miracles, What They Are, Why They Happen, and How They Can Change Your Life. In the book, he offers compelling and sometimes electrifying evidence that there's something real to be reckoned with, whatever one has thought about the topic before. Miracles is also a timely, thoughtful, and civil answer to the books of the new atheists like Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, who've passionately asserted not just the possibility of miracles in the supernatural, but the outright harmfulness of belief in them. Our very own Eddie Koffeltz recently spoke to him. Yeah, I was excited to speak to him. He's, well, a huge fan of the Bonhoeffer book, but it, it's a little bit like kind of the Bonhoeffer book was sort of the huge book that everybody knew him by. And it's sort of like the band's second album. Oh, like, you were the hipster who knew him before you were school. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't worry. Um, but like, but Miracles is a great book and he's a super nice guy and really, really funny. I don't, I, yeah, he is, he is hilarious. So it was fun to talk to him and he has my probably dream career. Here is Eddie Bauer. I mean, <laughs> Eric Metaxas. Before we get into your new book, I have to ask you a few questions about you because you are fascinating. Um, you, you really are so interesting. Your canon of work is astonishingly diverse. There are kids' books, and then uh, you're telling the story of uh, Squanto, and then more famously, the William Wilberforce and the Seven Men, and of course, the Dietrich Bonhoeffer book, which uh, we all love. What is it in you that fosters that kind of diversity, that endless curiosity? Wow, that's uh, th- now. There's a question I, I'm sure I can't answer, but let me try. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> for, first of all, let me say that um, you know, to, for somebody to acknowledge the diversity of of what I do and to be impressed by it means quite a bit to me because I feel like that's the one quality that I bring to the table is is a strange, I would say, uh, interest in many different kinds of things and a strange desire to pursue different genres. For some reason, that's just how God made me. That's kind of the cop-out answer. I, I just think it's true that I can't account for it myself. And the funny thing is, it's as much a problem as it is a blessing, because for years, you know, people would just see me as being unfocused or, or scattered, it, and I would see myself that way as well. And to some extent, that's true. At the same time, we all are who we are, and you can only kick against the goads 
so much. And I think when people say to me, you know, you have to choose. You've got to, you know, got to do one thing. I, I would say, you know what? I can't. I choose to be eclectic. That's kind of what that that if I if I have to be caught in a rut, it's that's the rut. You know, <laughs> to be to be all over the place. And I, but I, I have to say, I get a particular joy. Um, from doing different kinds of things. That's why when everybody, you know, goes to my website and reads my bio, you know, it seems so long. It's, it's not that I've done more than anyone else. It's that I have done so many different kinds of things that you can't just say, oh, Eric has written 25 novels. You know, mm. I, I've done all these different kinds of things. And, and I think that I just get joy from it. And um, I, I, I'll say this, and then I'll shut up. The, 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 the thing for me about having wide-ranging interests is that I bring a kind of enthusiasm and curiosity to many different things. And I think that that's why I keep saying I want to do a mainstream TV talk show, sort of an internet show, uh, sorry, interview show like The Cavett, because you're able to be broad in a sense that if, if you're created to be broad and wide-ranging, that's the perfect format, because every night you can speak to someone about a completely different topic, uh, different types of people. So that, that is something that I think maybe will lend itself to my strange gift to be all over the place. So anyway... <laughs> Miracles book is uh, phenomenal um, and uh, it's just deeply impactful for me to read through and I'm glad that people have access to not only this material but also this part of your story because uh, it, it struck me as I was looking through this that um, so much of this was um, was personal and you haven't done a ton yeah. of uh, personal writing you write through the characters of you know Larry the Cucumber and, you know, <laughs> these other uh, these other people. What was it like for you digging into your own story and sharing, you know, in the middle of the book, your own testimony? Yeah, I mean, I share a number of things that are very personal in this book. Um, and for me, it's very natural. It's, it's not any kind of a departure. It's something that I've been doing for a while, maybe not... Uh, Within the covers of, of any of the of my recent books, other than this one, but it's just something that I I, I do very naturally. I, I share a few stories. I mean, I share my conversion story, which is amazing, and it's not amazing because I invented it. It's God's hand in my life, but it's one of those things that how can you see it as anything but a miracle? And you know, folks who read it will get that. But I I had a number of things happen to me, and I said I've got to tell these stories. I tell the story uh, in the Miracles book of how. God spoke to me about writing the Bonhoeffer book, and this stuff doesn't happen to me every day. So when it happens, the way it happened then, and a couple of other times in my life, it is extraordinary. And I want people to, you know, sort of to know what makes me tick, because I think that, you know, you don't want people to get the wrong idea. I, first of all, I don't want people to think um, that I've had it easy, because I really, really haven't. And I want to encourage people who are struggling. I want to encourage people who are not finding it easy to make a living, not finding it easy to, to do whatever it is they're doing, that I, until very recently, had a very, very tough time. And, um, you know, behind the joking, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of pain. And, and I, I, I think that it's important for us to acknowledge that. And I, I want to do that in some of these personal stories. And then, of course, there are all these other stories from people that I know personally. And I said, I, I want to I tell the stories of people 
that I know to remove at least one layer of doubt about whether this actually happened. These are people that I know and trust, and uh, I, I just feel that's important, you know. So that's um, so that's personal too, because this is sort of a a symphony of voices of my of my friends, you know. That uh, I'm I'm friends with most of the people. Uh, uh, in there, and so it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting thing for me to put that out there. I, I hope folks enjoy it. At, at first blush, with this book, I, I think that the idea of miracles is something that happened in the the times of of the biblical narrative that right. we read, right? Jesus is healing lepers, raising people from the dead, yeah. controlling nature, right? And and people would say, well, those miracles were to prove a point. Those were a specific instance in time. And if those kinds of things happened now, I would have a much easier time buying into God. But those kind of miracles right. don't happen now. That's the idea. But well, the media doesn't cover it. A guy parted the Red Sea like two weeks ago, and the media just didn't touch it. Really? No, that was a joke. <laughs> it's like, that was a joke. That was a joke, man. No, it, well, actually, though, I mean, even though it's a joke, there's always truth in the joke. I, the, the fact is that things like this do happen, but in reality, it's just what I said. The media tends to be uncomfortable with it. They just avoid it. Or these things happen in places where, you know, there's not a lot of media in Africa and in places where mission missionaries are at work uh and and in a way that lends uh, credence to the idea, which I think is a false idea, but it lends credence to the idea that, that these things only happen among prim- primitive peoples. These these don't really happen to people who are paying attention and who have a scientific worldview. I don't think that's true. I think that we want to have a measured view of these things, and that's part of why I wrote the book. I mean, the first half of the book, I talk about in a sense, the tension between a scientific worldview and a, and a faith worldview. And I talk about how there is no incompatibility. Um, yeah, there's no incompatibility between the two. They're utterly compatible. And but, but we bought into this because on the one hand, you have people who are really cynical and who dismiss the idea of the miraculous completely. And then you have other people who are... They're, they're not critical and thoughtful enough. They're gullible. And, and I think most people are in the middle, but we don't have a lot of writing that speaks to the people in the middle. People who are, are somewhat skeptical and yet ultimately open if something really happened. And so that's, to me, I wrote this book for that, that middle person who I would say is 80% of the people out there. I feel like there's something in us that longs for it because we all have done that thing, you know, where it's like, all right, I'll I'll shoot the basketball ten times, and if I make it all ten times, then God is yeah. real. You did that. You did it with that that Led Zeppelin song. What was it? Heaven knew? It, it, it wasn't actually Led Zeppelin. It was Robert Plant. Oh, sorry, post Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. yeah. We need to be accurate. <laughs> okay, on Robert Plant's you know <laughs> right. music career. That's right. so hilarious. But you're right. I mean, it's kind of a, a thing we do. We look for signs. And look, I say this in the beginning of the book. We are all built by God to long for meaning. And meaning means something that points to Him, something that points to something bigger than ourselves. We are wired that way. And just because some people are more wired that way than others, just because some people don't want to be wired that way, it doesn't change anything. We're created for that. I mean, we're created for metaphor, you know, that that one thing points to another. Things aren't just what they are, so to speak. They're pointing to God. And I think we long 
for a connection. I mean, there's so much to it. Obviously, I try to touch on these different things in, in the book, but I, I think there's no way around it, and I think that we have to deal with it. And part of the reason I wrote the book was so in the culture we could have an, a, a conversation about this, a substantive, civil, sober conversation on the meaning of life and the nature of reality. Is there something beyond this world? If there's not, let's talk about it. If there might be, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, you know, respecting each other. I think there's been a real disconnect between, you know, the scientific materialist naturalists who sneer at any kind of uh, acknowledgement of even the possibility of something beyond this world, and I think that's irrational and childish for them to do that. Uh, and, on, and on the other hand, people who are sort of into the religious world, they're, they're not even thinking, does it bear on uh, reality, or do I have to think about it critically? We, we need to bridge that gap, and I think most people, as I just said, live in the middle. I think 80% of the people that I know are, are in between those poles and want to have a deeper conversation, a wider conversation. And that's another reason I'm thrilled the book was published by Penguin Dutton. It's not a Christian publisher, and I'm glad Barnes & Noble said that they'd put it front and center in their stores, because this is something everybody's interested in. It's not just for Christians or, or whatever. And I also think it bridges the gap between people of faith and people who don't necessarily have that kind of faith. We need to bridge that gap. We need to have the conversation across that gap. It's really missing in the culture. So that's a, that's a big reason I wrote the book. That was Eric Metaxas. You can uh, find out more about miracles at ericmetaxas.com. I am more than willing, oh, curse. I want to change you. I want to change you. I want to change your mind. I just came across a manger out among the day. You're listening to Damien Rice, Real Upper. The song is I Don't Want to Change You. Well, before we get to your feedback, it's time for... Uh, corrections and apologies from last week's show. Uh, I only have one. I mean, I, I'm sure there's I have opportunity one. for several. What's yours? I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't here. Oh, there you go. We forgive you. I apologize to Michonne Nyquist, oh. who, 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 <laughs> who has uh, had to leave. She's, not on, she's had to step away. Uh, but So while she's not here, I will authentically say I meant no ill will by calling her large nor in charge. It was just a flippant <laughs> off-the-cuff remark I, I think would it's have said about you, anybody. I think it's funny that you said, like, while she's not here. <laughs> Like, hopefully yeah, she listens to this. I don't want to actually apologize to her face. To her face, <laughs> not to her face. I don't want her to know of my sincere feelings. No. I have to keep up a persona. All right, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you for your best and worst Thanksgiving tips. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shauna gave us several very good ones. And uh, Jesse added in some stuff. <laughs> it was so funny. I felt a little bad after that. I hope she didn't think I was being disrespectful. I listened to the show hey, as a regular listener, and it listen, was amazing. As if you, as long as you didn't call her large and in charge, she's good. You know what I'm saying? You're fine. <laughs> yeah, I think we're... <laughs> Who would do something like that? Um, <laughs> An animal. <laughs> Eric Metaxas, who would never. Oh, I'll tell you that much right now. Darn He's right a gentleman here. and Eric, a scholar. Eric Metaxas and a handsome even. devil. <laughs> never do that. He is seriously like a mannequin head. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Yes. 
Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like if you went to haircut cutting school. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been? Have you ever walked? Have you ever seen one of those haircut schools? Yeah. They have like mannequin heads that look like just beautiful Sorry. with like flowing hair. He could be one. He mm-hmm. just looks like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do they use your face as a mold for mannequin heads? Because if they don't, they sure darn well should. We are. Yeah. We've really gotten into an interesting place about our love for him, and I'm I'm down. <laughs> I mean, it's not that I don't I don't have admiration for him as a writer and a Veggie Tale uh, uh, producer, or writer, or whatever. Right. It's just the primary source of my admiration comes from his beautiful, beautiful appearance. Yeah, and most of what got edited out of the interview is mostly like beauty tips. Like, man, what do you do with that? What do you keep that hair? What do you buy, what do you buy your glasses? Great. Gonna, you know, I'm going to scoot just a little bit closer because I got to see that's that facial skin. What yeah. you're doing there because it is it is totally clear. I, it's can working. I get can I get olive oil? Is it olive oil? Seems like <laughs> some sort of it seems like an ancient ritual. Something that would be sea salts passed down through generations. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually going to scoot just a hair closer if you don't mind sitting right there. Yep. Oh, you smell just perfect. Just like, smell I just like I thought you would. Yeah, smell like a forest. Oaky, oaky, and good. Kind of like my home. Smell like <laughs> you just like smell. It just you smells smell like, like home. You smell, you smell like, like a hearth. hearth. Yeah, you smell like home. <laughs> How weird. Let me ask you this, Eric. How far can you throw a football, like an American football? How far can you just heave it? Because in my, I'd imagine it's pretty far. Because in my mind, you can chuck one seventy-five yards. Because I picture you being able to throw a football really, really far. But he's wearing his, his J. Crew vest and his, you know, plaid shirt, and you know, it looks like he just got off the yacht. He just picks it up casually and tosses it. Just heaves it, yeah. eighty yards. Perfect spiral. <laughs> Perfect spiral. The the eight year old boy catches it in stride and yeah. scores the touchdown. Fulfilling all of his dreams, but, but as soon as it, it releases Bonhoeffer's uh, or Bonhoeffer, <laughs> his hand, he turns and looks, and he's in another conversation. He doesn't need to see if it's a complete pass; he just knows it is. Of he just he knows is. it was. He calls that pass the Bonhoeffer. It's just perfect. <laughs> Everything it should be. I'm, I'm I I really love Eric. <laughs> like seriously, you guys, can he come to our Christmas party? Like he can be the celebrity chef. And like we could cook. With we don't him. know that he can cook, but I just oh he can, he, can. he can cook. Oh, you don't look he can like clean the animal right he, there. Now here's the mm-hmm. deal: he has a couple signature dishes, yeah. but they are unbelievably good. Yeah, he only cooks meat that he has killed with his bare hands. Right, specializing in venison and lamb. Oh yeah, just <laughs> it's kind of creepy to kill a lamb with your bare hand, but <laughs> yeah, it's not very tough. And they don't make. But, but he never. But the thing about Eric Metax is he doesn't waste one part of the lamb. He will knit the wool into an ascot or sweater. No, and for the, the underprivileged, the lamb is pretty happy at that point just to be around Eric. <laughs> right, and so it's okay because it's just like you know what? I'm such a big fan of your work, and you're so good looking. I'll it, go. I'll go ahead and. Die. I mean, no, uh, the lamb's saying nobody lives forever. If I have to go, I want to go at your hand. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and to be consumed by you and your friends. Yeah. Nothing weird there. No, I just... I would like to think that I then will be part of you. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Forever and ever. Please, someone send this to his publicist <laughs> and welcome him back to the show. We, we Thank you so much for having having to make the time. We'd love to have him back at any point. Here's a little uh, uh, sample the f- of the show. Here's the four men of the show going on and on about you for <laughs> a prolonged period of time. Including one they, uh, pontificating about how nice it would be to be killed by you and eaten by you to be a part of you forever. <laughs> anyway, thanks again. <laughs> Can't wait to read Miracles. Yeah, such a good book. <laughs> 
All right, so last week we asked you for your best and worst Thanksgiving tips. You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted your suggestions on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. Uh, Becca, I, I wish you would have given us more with this because I feel like there's a story there. But she said, I would not recommend the family playing football before dinner because someone has to go, because when someone has to go to the hospital, the whole meal gets cold. <laughs> I feel like there's a story there. That's and I, true, I, though. That's a good point. All physical, you know, anything that could turn into fighting uh, is after the meal. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like you eat the meal, you give it a little bit, like an hour or two, then you go out and toss the ball around. That's the and the good thing is, the good thing is you're slowed down from all from the massive meal, so you're not going to be hitting as hard. Right, yeah. that's true. You suit, you, you you tie on your cummerbund, you uh, you just tuck it all in, and you get cinch ready. It in. Just cinch it. You unload the crumbs from the cummerbund, <laughs> and you send. Then you shake use it, it out, cinch. cinch it back on, strap it back on, and toss the old pigskin around. Yeah. <laughs> Amy says, for awkward moments and lulls in the conversation, just go with the USA, USA chanting thing. You. This might help clear out a couple of the stragglers as well. Or it might attract patriots just walking by. (laughs) It's a win-win. I want to be part of that party. All of a sudden, Joe just shows up in your house. You called? (laughs) It it is a win-win at that point. (laughs) Not only have you cleared out stragglers and the awkward, you've also attracted patriots to your home. (laughs) Well, there's a lot more uh, ideas where those came from. Uh, you can chime in or check out the episode page from last week to, to join in. All right, it's time for this week's... Editorial question of the week. Well, we're in the throes of the holiday season. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving's ne- this week and, and, then, and then Christmas. And, and then, you know, the next thing you know, Valentine's Day and then Easter. Well, my, well, my birthday. And then Memorial Day. Yeah. And then July 4th. And then Halloween. You're back to where we are right now with this... Which is the holiday season. We're all just time is in a big arc. It's all all relative. Like a flat circle, man. There is no yesterday. You know who should write a book about this? Who? Eric Metaxas. God, I bet he has written I would read. I would read that, man. I read the heck out of that so book. Would his, he, I, would his face be on the inside jacket? Yeah. Like a picture? It's made out of all like recycled. I'd read, I'd read that, man. Probably I all. bet the book would smell like musk. Yeah, all naturally sourced. Can we call him right now? Can we just like ask Eric if he you wants to he, chill with you, us? Chad, do you still have a Skype from the interview? I just I kind of like to get him on here for a minute. So we're in the throes of the holiday season, and uh, you know we got Thanksgiving this week, we got Christmas right around the corner, and and it got us thinking about family. You know, a lot of us, other than joy, a lot of us uh, spend the holidays with their family. And, um, you know, some of our families are a little quirky. Some of us, some of our childhoods were a little quirky. Some of our current uh, is a little quirky. We want to know the strangest or most unique holiday tradition that you or your family have this time of year. And if you, if your family doesn't have a strange holiday tradition, what's one that you would like to go ahead and get started? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Or who do you just not want to be around from your family? This <laughs> no, strangest holiday tradition, like like that listener who said on Thanksgiving they run a, they run their own five k. They make up their own five k. Yeah, that would be unusual. Or apparently the dancing. Or Chad's a sultry R and B Christmas party. Man, I can't wait. His uncomfortable, suggestive R and B Christmas party Whoa. that no one wants to go to anymore. Let it snow. <laughs> Welcome to the. Welcome to my house. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Darn, look, more mistletoe. I, everywhere. <laughs> we want to know your most unusual <laughs> holiday tradition. Gosh. If you want to chime in, hit us, uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, <laughs> or you can post on the, uh, in the comments on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com.
we'll read our favorites next week. Many thanks to Neon Trees for talking to us. Make sure to check out their new album uh, out now. And uh, you can find out more at neontrees.com. And thanks also to the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Metaxas, for talking Seriously, to us as well. thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. It was our privilege. <laughs> Eric, you're the best. Come back any. You're awesome, you Eric. His new book, Miracles, is out now. You want you don't want to miss it. Merry Christmas, Erica. And then, and then we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Chad Michael I'm Jesse Carey. For uh, Shana Nequist and Joy Egerich. <laughs> we'll see you next week. For listening to the relevant podcast you can follow us on twitter at relevant podcasts and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. and don't forget to check out the magazine it's available on newsstands and at the itunes app store or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe Stunningly handsome. <laughs>